Well, hi there, and welcome to my podcast where I invite you to run with me after memories and shape them into stories. On this show, I'll also share samples of my writing and interesting moments from everyday life. I'm your host, Ruru Sig, and today you're listening to my first podcast, The Story Chaser. Guys, episode one. What? Holy cats. I am clearly excited to be here. My name is Ruru Sig. This is my podcast, The Story Chaser, and this is episode one. I'm going to start right off by telling you a couple of things about myself. I am the youngest of 12 children. I know. Gasp. It blows your mind. Um, Not trying to be sarcastic, though. It's just that I usually say that, and then there's all these questions that follow up. So I'm going to answer them real quick for you because I know what they are. Yes, the same two parents. Yes, we are Catholic. And yes, we are all under one roof, one house, a very small house that we grew up in and eventually all grew away from. I'm in the process of writing my set of narrative essays that I plan to self-publish. And for the last six years, I have been wanting to do this podcast. Wanting being a key word in that um, I'm laughing at myself right now as I think back because what happened there was I fell in love with the announcement, and I don't know if any of you are guilty of this, but I would be talking with a bar full of people, you know, I was pouring their drinks, tending their bar and engaging in conversation. And I would say, oh yeah, sure. You know, uh, I'll get you another pint of beer, but I I am working on a podcast. Like that's really what I do. And their excitement and, and hopeful engagement in that was a spark in me. And to see that like, you're kidding me, really, what's it about? And tell me all about it, that it it falsely fulfilled something inside of me. And I began to announce this to all sorts of people at tables of families that I was then waiting on their tables, um, at barbecues, on the phone with friends. I was, like, always announcing this podcast. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just working on this podcast. In all the announcement which used up my energy, I would get home and not do the podcast. I was talking about this thing that I was doing and not really doing it, which is just a terrible cycle to fall into. And it's a waste of talent that I do have. Quite frankly, it was disrespectful to my inner artist who was furious with me. Don't worry. We squashed it. We cool cool but um not cool to do that to her for so long like six years guys this went on and also my writing you know I also fell in love with the announcement of my writing I do little pieces on Facebook posts little tidbits and that was it you know but with bigger dreams in my mind 
places that I wanted to take my creativity. So I got my act straight, worked it out, like I said, with my inner artist, and we had a conversation, and I seek some help. I have been following a regimen, a combination of four books and one podcast from these really brilliant people, Julia, Mel, Rick, and Elizabeth. I cannot thank you enough. I follow your advice, your strategies on a daily basis, and it starts out with morning pages, three pages written every single morning, free thought, dump the junk. I do my grateful list, three good things, one great thing every day, and a four by six note card every day of a list of creative goals, squashing them. Six months of doing these things religiously, and I have never written more in the six months than I ever have in my life. I am so pleased, and I'm sitting here at a mic editing recording my first podcast. So I'm doing, I'm doing the announcement and I'm so excited, truly. So let's get started. Tonight, I'm talking about growing up together in different ways. The following is a piece from my work in progress entitled, The Second Floor That Wasn't There. I shared not only a room with my sister Anne, but for many years a bed, too. Sleep was a strategy around the springs poking through our handed-down mattress. We memorized exactly where they were, but sometimes while asleep, our ankles still got stabbed a bit. We lived in a hodgepodge of teen paraphernalia and toys. Under the glass slate covering our dresser were photos of popular models accompanied by stickers of strawberry shortcake. Our closet, scattered with intentionally torn leggings, wild-colored tops, teddy bear-printed pajamas, and days-of-the-week underpants. Our worlds combined in friendship, even with ten years between us. My sister told me wild tales, and one really stuck with me. She spoke about this second floor of our house. It was an abandoned space because there was, it was just too much work to keep clean. The family had stopped going up there the day I was born. Imagine that. Oh, yeah, I questioned in disbelief. Where are the stairs to it, then? She led me to our closet and pointed out an odd square in the ceiling, the access panel to the attic in reality. They pull down from there, she said. The glow of our kitchen illuminating her outline danced in my eyes and fed my growing curiosity. Her descriptions of many rooms with built-in bunk beds, reading nooks, and high ceilings were so vivid. She spoke of vanity mirror tabletops, multiple bathrooms, and floor-to-ceiling windows, allowing beams of sunlight to cast through. Climbing into bed that night, I lay in the dark, now believing this fantastic environment that my teenage sister was verbally painting beside me. I had new resentment for our crammed corner room. I bet the beds up there wouldn't stab me. Oh, she's teasing you. It's made up. Don't you think I'd love a whole second floor? my mom said when I demanded that we go back to using it. She then encouraged me to draw a picture of what Anne had described while standing over my shoulder, laughing with delight. Maybe add a nice potted plant in that corner, my mother said, joining the fun and finding her place in the fantasy. 
Perhaps it was Anne's way of living out a fantasy of more space that could be her own. My poor sister had to share her room with a child while going through the biggest hormonal swing of her life. Our room, set towards the rear of the house of the kitchen, meant we had front row seats to any chit-chat, phone calls made to our older siblings, significant others, arguments, and our dad eating his breakfast at 2 a.m. Meanwhile, two girls lying on their backs were eavesdropping in on it all. You want to know why those girls were mean today? They're jealous of you. They wish they were special like you are, Anne said when I told her about some playground drama. She couldn't see my smile with my back turned, but I took comfort in her way of believing in me more than I believed in myself. She always did. Jimmy thought he liked somebody else. Then he came to his senses, and we're going to the movies tomorrow night. Wait, Corvette Jimmy? I interrupted. He likes you back? I knew a lot about Anne's life. I think he's going to be my boyfriend, she squealed. Shut up! My dad, desperate for sleep, shouted through our shared thin walls. Our giggling ceased for a little while. Anne was a teen queen of the 80s. In my eyes, she was a star. On Saturday evenings, I sat at the end of our bed, watching her get ready to go out. It all started with the hair. Rather than just like resting upon her head as a physical feature, her hair had a life of its own. She had piles of thick spiral curls that framed her doll-like eyes. Her hair was larger than life, naturally, but she gave it a little extra volume. First, she would towel dry it and then apply the mousse, scrunching the curls in sections. She would tilt her body forward, thrashing her head around like a heavy metal rocker. Droplets of water would splash the walls and sometimes me. Next, she would alternate between a few spray cans. This one adds volume, and the next will keep it all in place, assuring me of her routine. Once the air cleared, she would emerge dramatically through the chemical fog we were both now eating. It was a fantastic display, a real show. The ensemble came next. She would lay her jeans on the floor like a flat replica of her own legs and slit the material in random places, expressing that world that she felt a little tattered and torn. After sliding them on one leg at a time, she did a little hop while zipping the fly shot. Her arm would jingle with layered bracelets sliding up and down with each movement. It was musical when she buckled the strap on her second-hand leather boots, once discarded at the bottom of a garbage bag full of clothes, one of many left on our porch from neighbors, time to time. The ultimate act was painting her face to enhance, a cl enhance classic beauty features. The dangling layer of pearls and charms from her neck would knock into the clutter on our dresser with her face only inches from the mirror. Pink dust fluttered everywhere with the padding of her giant brush upon her face. Her lashes were dangly spider legs twitching with each stroke of goop from that tube she inserted a smaller brush in and out of. Excessive blinking seemed to speed this process up to a satisfying point of completion. It was time for my favorite part of this production. Anne, getting ready for the world. I would bounce up and down, holding my teddy bear, hardly able to contain my excitement. She would grab a lighter in her left hand and a small eyeliner pencil in her right. While holding the pencil, worn down halfway, she lit the tip on fire, 
and with a quick breath, she blew the flame out and ran it across her eyelid. It was totally badass. My sister was a warrior, ready for the world of angst, complete in teen armor. She stood a perfect replica of the Madonna poster hanging behind her, earning my two thumbs up every time. She was ready to shine in Corvette Jimmy's eyes for sure the night of their big date. I waved goodbye from the picture window of our living room as the Corvette sped away. Later, I would await her return, my head resting in my hands, lying on my back, imagining her adventure out there in the world. I imagined Corvette Jimmy taking her to fancy restaurants and concerts. Maybe he would say, Oh, wrap up a dessert to send home to your little sister. They were likely finished with dinner and walking around, and she would realize that the whole world existed outside scratching her little sister's back on a Saturday night. And shoot, it would be bliss. There wasn't any action in the kitchen that night to keep me preoccupied, only the still from outside offering a silence of reality. I intuitively knew it. Everyone was out searching for what they needed beyond our home. That was? Until I heard the screeching of brakes, breaking through the chirping crickets, and I braced myself up on one arm of my pillow. Jerk! I heard Anne shout as the wheels screeched away, then the pounding of up our front steps followed by the creaking of our front door opening. I rested my ear between the small crack I allowed between our bedroom door and the kitchen to catch the muffled sound of my sister crying and trying to answer my concerned mother's questions as to where she had been and why she was upset. I couldn't make out any words clearly, but the sadness carried. I bolted back to the bed and jumped under the covers as I heard her bracelets jingling closer to our room. She opened the door and I pretended like the line of sudden light woke me. Anne? Hello? I asked in a far state of confusion. She turned on our light to shine her once perfect makeup now running down her face in black streaks. She fell apart in despair on the edge of our bed and explained nothing in real words. She didn't have to, though. Much like a foreign film, I understood her without having the same language. I hate Corvette, Jimmy, I said. So do I, sis, said my broken-hearted sister. I stroked her hair and leaned my head on her shoulder. He's not invited to our second floor. Well, this is as good a place as any to end this episode. My name is Ruru Sig, and I thank you for listening to The Story Chaser. Remember, there are stories everywhere. The key is to focus in on the little memories to find the bigger moments. My promise to you is that I'll keep chasing those stories. Be well, folks, and go ahead. Have a wonderful life.